Hello everyone and welcome fellow piercers and piercing enthusiasts to Real Talk, a piercing podcast from the minds of piercing professionals on the body modification industry and culture. Each episode we will center on a common theme with a guest. We will cover topics including things such as piercing methods, industry topics, jewelry, and trends. I'm your host Will Von Doom, a professional body piercer and proud member of the Association of Professional Piercers. So let's get straight to the point and dive into this week's topic. Welcome back, everyone. In this week's episode, we wanted to focus on a topic that I'm very passionate about. It is something that, when done correctly, can have a ripple effect of positivity in your community. The topic at hand is that of community outreach. This can mean something different to every individual, but this episode is going to focus on the act of helping and providing services or acts of kindness to the population that can do good within your community. However, as businesses, how do you know if what you're doing is actually not only helping the community, but also helping your livelihood? I sit across the virtual table with my longtime friend, Woodstock Bader, a man of many hats, piercer, tattooer, scarification artist, and shop owner of the Crow's Nest in Iowa. Woodstock has done some amazing work within his own community. We felt he was the perfect guest to discuss how important helping people truly is. So without further ado, listen in as we talk about the effect kindness can have, how to break the mold of being that business in your community, and how not to donate yourself out of business. I am super excited about having you on our show this week. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just tell our listeners who you are, where you're from, and uh, all that other wonderful stuff. Awesome. My name is Robert Woodstock Bader. Um, I am the owner of the Crow's Nest Tattoo and Piercing Studio in Dubuque, Iowa. I also own Retrospect Tattoo Removal as well. Uh, basically, have been in the industry for 12 years now. I have been piercing, what are we at, 19? I've been piercing for nine of them um yeah and that's that's basically it i do a little bit of everything uh within the industry and uh yeah that's that's about it a man with many hats to say the very least oh boy yes that is true. <laughs> um so yeah the reason why i wanted to have you on for this week's episode is because um we're gonna actually talk about something that is not only near and dear to me and something that I do currently in uh, my position where I'm employed, but it's one of those things that I feel goes often overlooked uh, when considering things for your business. Cause we all think about advertising. We all think about, you know, like our social media presence, but a lot of people seem to forget about working within your community. And basically by this, I mean, community outreach. And this is a pretty broad set of words to just explain what I'm trying to get at here. And basically, by community outreach, I personally feel it's you working within your community to either help get the word out that you are a safe place or you offer X amount of things or you're here for like specific clientele and so on and so forth. Um, and you can do that a, a plethora of different ways, and we're going to get into that in this episode. But yeah, so I'm just going to throw this right at you. What is community outreach to you? That's uh, pretty simple. It's just helping out the community. It's doing what I can 
to uh, help out anywhere that I can. If I see something that could uh, benefit from the things that we do, then I will definitely address those things. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that community outreach, in my personal opinion, the ultimate goal is just to ensure a positive community impact. So there could be tons of different things that you could do on a very small scale that when you think about, like in the grand scheme of things, maybe something very small to you may be very meaningful to a certain group of people or a certain niche in your community. So why is it important for you and your businesses, Woodstock, to be involved in your community? Um, Man, that's a... Uh, it's a loaded gun can, question. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. yeah, there's just so many different ways that we can uh, attack this question. But um, I guess we can start with that. Uh, it's a little selfish. It starts with me personally. I uh, I just enjoy helping people, and I think that if you are going to get into community service or any kind of community outreach or any kind of community work at all, that 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 has to be the root. If you don't genuinely care about other humans, if you don't genuinely look at uh, what's around you and feel or figure out what you can do to better those things, then there's just no reason really to get involved to begin with because you're just going to half-ass it and nobody really wants that. So yeah, it definitely starts uh, very selfishly in in the way of that I, I enjoy helping people and I enjoy the way that it makes me feel to help people. Um, so it starts there. When I was uh, real young, my father drove it into me at a very, very young age. When it was Christmas time, we used to get rid of the old toys because we were bringing in new toys and he would always bring me into neighborhoods that were less fortunate than ours and he would actually have me physically give my toys away to uh, other little children. And um, I never minded. I was never upset the way that he spun it and the way that he uh, helped me realize the impact that I was making was very beneficial to my future. So um, as I got older, uh, I was naturally doing that in my own free time anyways, being a volunteer here, volunteer there, if anybody needed my help, friends, whatever it may be. And as I started to become a little bit more financially secure in my life, I would find ways that I can actually uh, financially help uh, certain things and certain avenues and then bringing it into business. Now I get to utilize something that I enjoy do, which is business and take that and facilitate very many ways to help the community in uh, every way that we can. I got to agree with you on that. I don't know if it's cause I'm an old man too, you know, but uh, I come, what do you mean, old I man? come... What, what's that about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I come under the bus, man. Oh yeah, I know. But, I so many years of rugby make me feel like I'm 65. So I just am like, I'm an old man on my porch. Um, but yeah, uh, my dad, I talk about him constantly uh, because he was such a major influence in my life. So uh, I come from a fireman family. My dad, my grandpa, like everyone that we knew was in the fire department. So one of the things that was like really in, like installed on us when we were younger is um, helping others is always something that you should naturally do. And that grew from there to me being a fireman for a little while and then me doing funeral directing and and so on and so forth but it's it's one of those things where when people need help I stop what I'm doing and immediately switch over to helping them like if somebody's in need or something like that and I I can't turn it off and That's I I think phrase. it would I think it would honestly make physically uncomfortable and ill possibly if I was like trying to ignore it touching on what you're saying there I mean we're almost obligated in a way you know yeah. what I mean? Just in, in the sense of quality of life and humanity, we're obligated. If there is something within our means to do to help somebody and we turn our back on that situation, then we are def we're, we're turning our back on humanity. And I understand that sometimes it's not in people's financial means, which at that point, you aren't obligated because you, you do not have the means to help if it's financial. Um, but if, if the means are there, 
and you turn your back on that, I feel like uh, I couldn't live with that. I, I have uh, a hard time coping with that as well. So I just move forward, you know? Right, exactly. And and we'll discuss in this episode too. I don't, I don't want anyone to get super discouraged if like you feel that we're speaking of like you have to donate, you know, money or things like that. But time is a very valuable resource and your yes. knowledge and skills are an incredibly valued resource. Yes. So even if you don't think that like, who would want me to do this? Trust me, someone probably needs your help. I, I look like a six foot two ogre man. Uh, and you'd be surprised how often like I will help people move things or I will like uh, help shovel snow or, you know, so on and so forth. And it, it's one of those things where it doesn't have to be money. It can be no, time, it can help and things like that, too. But we're in a unique business that we can actually uh, give our blood, sweat, equity too. You know what I mean? There, and we'll get into that later because I, I know that that's going to be part of what we're going to be talking about as far as like how you can do these things. Because it's not just money. What I do in my studio, I think only maybe about 25% of it is actual me cutting checks, you know? Right. Yeah. And actually, you know what? I think it's super important to like get that out in the open early on. You actually do an amazingly, in my eyes, an amazingly generous and helpful thing. Why don't you tell people uh, the the I'm going to I don't know if you refer to it as like a program per se, but the the program or service that you provide to your community that is having such a huge impact. Um, which one are you referring to? I know. <laughs> so that's the funny part is there's um, a lot. Um, okay, why don't, you, so why guess, don't you just talk about both? Just go for it. All right. So as far as retrospect tattoo removal, uh, when I got into the tattoo removal business, uh, again, uh, falling back on dad's words, anytime that I have a new adventure, uh, financially speaking, a new business entrepreneurship, I always look at how can I take some of what I'm doing and give back? Um, for the most part, it, it is easier just to do financially, but there's a lot of other ways around that. For instance, when it comes to my uh, removal business, we do free removal of uh, racism tattoos. We do free removal of sex trafficking and uh, kidnapping tattoos like branding and, and stuff of this nature. And then we also get rid of uh, gang affiliation tattoos. We do this for, I say we, me personally, uh, I do this for free. I do this once a week and it's just, it's at that point, it's blood, sweat, equity. It's actually time. It's not costing me anything. Now, granted, I'm using my laser and there is some money that's going to go into the maintenance of this sophisticated machinery and everything like that. But uh, for most most of what I do in, in that situation is just uh, giving up my time um, and saving people thousands of dollars that they can't afford and making an impact to be able to change their lives. And that that little move right there is just me physically putting in my time. And I understand that not everybody out there has a laser machine. Um, it's just a small example where I have something and I've utilized that thing to also do good in my community. And um, I tell you, it's, it, the impact that it makes is undeniably beautiful. Like um, talk about creating something that is utterly bigger than you. And you instantly realize it once you start dealing with clients and you hear their stories and they're crying on your shoulders and they're telling you how much of a, of a game changer this is for them, how they can go out and get better jobs. They can better provide for their families or they can release something they've been holding onto for a very, very long time, or they can drop some fear that they might be holding that somebody's going to find them or, the wrong person's going to look at them and stab them or hurt their family. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's very powerful. And that is an example of where I'm not actually cutting checks. I'm not giving out any money, but I'm definitely doing something that has an insane impact uh, in my community. The more time I spend with my daughter, the more time I realize 
I honestly truly believe that the most precious resource that like humans have is time. So that is like the one thing like you can never buy more of it. You can never get it back. And like once you use it, it's gone forever. So you only have like it's finite. You only got so much. You never know when it's going to run out. So it's one of those things where I really want to make sure that I stress it like the the time that you give is super valuable. Uh, Whether it be, you know, like you stated, you do it one day a week, but in that one day, like the work that you do may seem, and I'm not trying to undersell it. It may seem like insignificant to you. I'm going to do this today. It's going to take this action, but the emotional expense that you have, like connecting with those individuals and changing their life is massive. But in reality, it's like just a small mechanical type thing. Like you're like, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to do a piercing or a tattoo, but it's the amount of time that you spend and the amount of emotion that you put into that changes people's lives like plain and simple and it's just it's just absolutely amazing to me for sure you know going back on to trying to figure out how people can impact their communities without actually having to cut checks you know uh, depending on who we're talking to uh whether it's piercers or tattooers in our industries you know uh, mods or whatever it is that you're into uh you can give up your time with that as well i mean of course if you don't run your own business you have to seek out permission to your boss but any boss worth his merit should allow you to do things that would benefit the the, the community and i understand uh being in this industry for long enough that there are a lot of uh less quality bosses out there and i know that some of you may not be able to uh, do these things but you can at least try you know what i mean you can offer up uh, free piercings to certain type of clientele because there's something within that clientele base that's moving to you and it's something that you want to change. Um, whether and, and I don't mean to trigger anybody here, but you know maybe it's something for rape victims and you're trying to help them reclaim their body and you do something and it, it may not seem like a big deal, but I mean if you help ten people with that, ten survivors with something like that, and they can reclaim their body through your act. And your act is less than 10 different people. Those 10 different people, their lives are going to change to such a degree that everybody that they talk to now is going to be different. Their whole lives change. So that means everybody that they they touch, the ripple goes out further than the people that you just touched. So there's a lot of simple ways that you can donate your time or, or figure out how to help the community. You can volunteer. You can volunteer with the uh, flag of your shop or studio, whether you own it or not. Um, there's just there's a lot of different ways. And I know again, but we're gonna we're gonna be talking about that some more. Oh, yeah, sure. I don't want to suck it all up right now, but oh, it's okay. Like I can, I'll bop around this whole thing. Like I'm just glad that I and I know this sounds weird, and I'm not trying to like pat you or I on the back or anything, but it's it's very nice and very refreshing to talk to another individual that is just as passionate about this topic as myself. Because in, in all honesty, and I've I've said it a lot, and I've you know I've said it, I'm here to help people. And everything else is pretty much gravy. Like, I'm just here to make sure that I can impact as many people as I can. And I'm not talking about, like, doing body piercings and just being like, hey, like, I changed your physical appearance forever. I'm, I'm speaking of, we, we've all had, from a piercing perspective, we've all had clients that are just, like, in tears by the time that, like, we've done, like, the piercing. And they just feel so much better about themselves. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. Because to us, you know, like I said, simple mechanical action. I do the piercing, the piercing is done, it's over. But the emotional impact that we have on an individual or a group of people can be massive. And and the way that you put it is great, like a ripple effect. So it just kind of like affects them through time. Oh, absolutely, it does. And then it goes beyond our industry. I mean, just as human beings, we're going to encounter people all the time. You know, I, I'm not perfect. 
we all have the the human trait of, of judging people is just something that's natural to all of us. You know, I try to combat that as much as I can, but every day there's something that goes on that I'll stop dead in my tracks and see if that person is okay. Um, or, you know, whatever it may be. So it goes beyond the industry. It's just nice when you can use the, the business to facilitate it to go even further than just maybe helping somebody with their groceries or something small on the street, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. I mean, you pretty much covered my next point, but we're just going to touch on it just ever so slightly. Through this conversation, you can already tell why this is important for you and your community. But no, like you can tell why it's so important for you. We all know that like when you do the laser removal, that it's affecting one individual on a massive scale. But then it also by doing that, you are like putting a lot of information and energy out into the community. How are they reacting to it? Okay, now, are you referring specifically to the free removal stuff or the business as a whole? Uh, split it into two parts. So let's let's talk about the removal first, and then let's talk about all the other things that your business does. Because I don't want everyone to think that you just do the the one thing uh, because I know that you do a wide uh, plethora of different things. As far as the, uh, the view of the town, uh, luckily uh, I've been in this town for a decade now and I've, I've built up a, a fierce reputation. It wasn't always that way. You, you know, our business and what we look like. So uh, it takes some time to get people to trust you. But, um, and I know we're going to touch on that later too, but as far as uh, the removal, it, it has been met with insane open arms. Um, I mean, we have been interviewed more times than I can count as far as the just that act. Um, actually, just a couple of days ago, somebody came in and they're wanting to write a story specifically about that and talk to some of my clientele and talk about their journey and, and kind of have one of those nice feel-good stories hit the papers for once. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, I get letters, handwritten letters from not just the people that I'm working on, but their, their loved ones, their family members, um, people that have seen their struggles throughout life too. So, uh, when I tell you that this is bigger to me, when I tell you that there's a lot of emotion involved, it's, it's insane. I'm a pretty gruff dude. If anybody's met me before, um, and I would say that my first month of doing it, I was in tears with my wife at least three or four times that first month just coming home and being like, man, you got to hear some of these stories, you know what I mean? Some of these things that I'm dealing with, uh, it's, 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 <laughs> it's just insane, man. Sometimes that's a big thing. I I know that I talk about it a lot, but like funeral directing, it's heavy. Like, and it's yeah. not, it's not like a, you come home and you're like, man, like that stinks for them. It, the only way that I can describe it is it like basically hangs on your soul. Like you feel like there's an extra weight on you. Because it's just like it it's crushing when you hear like the things that people have gone through. And then you look at those same people and they're like still smiling and you're like, oh, my God, like, what have I like? How come like I'm grumpy that I didn't get a coffee today and this person has gone through this and is still smiling? And it's it, it's a weird kind of thing, at least for me, it was because it slams things into perspective for you. But it's still like just weighs heavy on you as a person. So like, I know that it started off as a joke, but like all the shower beer photos that I always take is typically me being like, oh my God, I need to recharge because I feel like I'm going to like fall down and never get back up kind of thing. I I can relate and understand. And I mean, what you're talking about, it's a different type of deep, you know what I mean? You're, you're talking about being with somebody for their last moments, you know, not the person that's passed, but you know, the, the gravity of what every family member is going through is. Um, it's undeniably deep and anybody who has suffered death, you know, and, and has felt the sting of loss can relate and understand that. But in the, 
I'm sure on the good side of it, it really brought a sense of getting off your ass to you, I would say, wouldn't it? Oh, massive, like massively. You know? Like I, uh, <laughs> I, I know that it's such a, and I know we're getting off topic, but that's fine. I mean, that's why I like having these conversations, but, um, there was a, a small slip of paper that was on a, a bulletin board when I was in college for mortuary science that just said, like, if it isn't fatal, it's no big deal. And I remember seeing that and thinking, like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then after, like, being a funeral director for, I think it was, like, five or six years, I, like, went back to that school to, like, go get something. And I saw it and I was like, holy shit, that's huge. Like, that's, like, how I've been doing it because it's just hey, this didn't happen. No big deal. I'm still here. Like, I still get to, like, you know, kiss my wife when I get home. And I still get to wake up in the morning and, like, see what the sun looks like tomorrow. And and not a lot of people may have that. And it, it's one of those things that, like, once once you, and this is me just speaking for me personally, but, like, once you experience that, like, heavy hanging soul, pretty much, um, it really puts a new spin on things for your outlook. And for me, that's affected me positively. And I feel like it kind of affects you too, even though they're terrible gut wrenching things, you're like, this is doing a lot of good. I feel more energized to, to keep doing it and to help as many people as I can. Oh, for sure. And, and, and actually you didn't go off topic cause we can just take this and steer it right back on the topic as the drive that's behind a lot of what I do. You know, I have suffered a lot of loss in my life personally. Um, and that was years ago <clears throat> and years ago, it pushed me into making sure that everything that I do matters. Now, not so much. I'm also very neurotic. Anybody knows me as a businessman. I am all over the place. I'm constantly creating ideas. I'm constantly doing things, moving and shaking, adding more things to the roster, uh, just on and on and on I go. Uh, so it's kind of done that to me, but a lot of this loss, a lot of this feeling that you're talking about and how it changes our life has been for the positive because I want to make sure that the life that I have here had some type of meaning you know i don't want to be in my deathbed and look back and be like what the fuck did i do with my life this gives me the opportunity to look back and be like you know what at the end of the day i was a a positive driving force in this world you know what i mean and that's i guess at the end of the day that's what i'm trying to do yeah i always joke and say when the time comes i want to be like yeah i had a pretty good ride i'm pretty stoked yeah. you know and it's it's uh it's scary too like if you've ever had one of those near death things. Like I almost lost my car over a bridge. Uh, the only thing that happened to me was like, this is okay. I was like, man, my dad's going to be real upset though. That was the only regret that I had, you know? And that's, <laughs> it's such a weird thing. And I told him that and he was, he, you know, he couldn't, but he would have, you know, slapped me on the back of the head and told me there's more important things to worry about. But um, right. yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, I, I know that it's weird to talk about and it's, but I think it's important to talk about because it, like you said, it's a driving force. For sure. For sure. That kind of brings us into the, the meat and potatoes of this conversation. And that's pretty much how to get involved in your community. Because I know that people may be listening. They may hear certain things that people may perceive like, oh, like I could maybe help with that, but I don't think I really fit in or I don't, I don't know if they would be like welcoming to like what I would do. So how did you go about like assessing your community? Well, what you just said <clears throat> with what you just said, as far as um, I don't know if I'll fit in, uh, you won't. We, we are who we are. Um, everybody who's listening to this, you, me, uh, if we haven't realized it by now, then we are definitely leaving. <laughs> we are not looking in the mirror. We are not listening to uh, people's points of view as far as uh, what is true, which is that we stick out like a sore thumb. Absolutely. And when you uh, when you start getting into community work, especially when you're dealing with a high tier 
um, places that raise significant money, you are going to be amongst uh, people that you would never feel in the past that you would be amongst. And uh, it's wild. It's wild to be like, you know, I, I, I've definitely spent a thousand dollars on a table in a banquet where the money is going directly to something. And I am, we, our table is the table. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a hundred tables in there with eight people on each table and our table is our crew. <laughs> and we definitely stick out like a sore thumb and you should already be used to that. I shouldn't change your game. It shouldn't change the fact that you still want to help. I tell you that I have not been met with any kind of hostility, no weirdness, no nothing. Because we're there showing our asses, meaning that we're we're out there and we're in the trenches with everybody else, because we are showing them that we are helping, we are met with hugs, we are met with jokes, we are met with, uh, I mean, who wouldn't be happy that, that somebody's helping them, regardless of the way they look? Um, I mean, on the streets, I know that's a different ballgame, but in, in these situations... That's what these people need. And often enough, um, and, and to touch on your second half of that question, when you're talking about how to find who needs that help, it, you're, you're hooking up with people that aren't getting funded by the government. And if they're not getting funded by the, uh, the government, that means they are relying on the community to help them. And you are part of the community. You know what I mean? Regardless of what you look at, how crazy you are, or the stigma that follows uh, tattoo studios. I will say that if you are worried about that stigma, then uh, if you are a business owner, do everything in your power to remove that stigma. The place that you work uh, has done that very, very well. Uh, a lot of our colleagues in the APP have done a phenomenal job at when a human walks into their studio, they're like, holy Christ, this is not what I grew up believing that tattoo studios look like. And then you get to remind them that, hey, you know, 80% of them out there are that way. That's just not how we roll. Um so it's good because if you if you have that image and you have that branding correct to begin with, regardless of how you look, uh, your your business already emulates what these people are looking for, which is somebody who actually cares uh, about themselves, about their community, about their clients, and so on and so forth. So um, as far as how I assess, um, it's kind of very organic, my man, with me. I know that some people sit down and they actually have a game plan. Uh, as far as my game plan goes for each year, I know that I want to help in any way that I can. And I just figure out throughout the year how that's going to be. Now, there's some things that I do every single year, uh, like Toys for Tots. Every Christmas, that's going to happen. Uh, every year, we're going to make posts about it. We're going to do marketing. We're going to push hard at having our clientele bring in toys so that we can donate a lot of toys for Toys for Tots. We do coats for kids every year, too, which is where uh, if you have some children's coats and you're not using them anymore and they're in good condition, bring them to me. And we act as a, a drop-off point and a pickup point so that people can come by if less fortunate people don't have, um, you know, coats for their children. Our, our winters are very brutal out here. It's something that we could do. And it's, that's marked on the calendar. That's absolutely every year. Uh, there's an event that happens every year here called Torque Fest. It's an amazing, awesome hot rod show. And the owner of that, and I will mention his name because he's a phenomenal human being, John Wells, uh, created a foundation called Helping Hannah's Heart, and it was based on his daughter Hannah, who had a rare heart disease that nearly killed her, and luckily uh, that didn't happen. And ever since creating this uh, foundation, every single year he throws on these events, and he gives 100% of his gate proceeds and any of the auctions and anything that makes money aside from his merchandise goes to this foundation. So every single year, 
Uh, we don't need a thousand dollars or more. Those are things that happen yearly. So there's about three or four things that are on my calendar that no matter what, I'm just going to do every single year. Actually, there's a, there's a more than that now that I'm thinking about it. Police departments doing things to help children, um, so on and so forth. But everything else, I kind of um, something will happen and it'll just spark an idea. Uh, everything's organic. You know, a few months back, I heard whispers that the Hills and Dales Child Development Center, it's a, a local child development center here in town, uh, their autism department <clears throat> was lacking funds for being able to buy like sensory toys and things that they could use for the children in the department. And I called them up and I thought they were state funded <clears throat> and they are for a lot of things, but this was one small spectrum within their, their facility that was not covered. So uh, we, and this is a, a good way that I can help uh, teach people the ways that they can do things without actually giving up money. Um, we basically made a day where we did autism tattoos. We had a flash sheet that was pre-designated. Now we're talking about the Crosness, by the way, the tattoo studio. We had a flash sheet created ahead of time. They could only get a certain size. There was a very limited color palette to it. There was a single price point to it. There could be no adjustments. We put all the rules ahead of time. So that was very, very flowing and easygoing. And then we worked the entire day. My artists and I gave up 100% of the day and we were able to raise a little over $4,000 in a single day to go to that uh center but i wouldn't have thought about doing that had i not had a conversation with somebody that sparked that idea um or hearing a client struggle with self-worth and struggle with uh suicide and hearing conversations recently that there are children that are contemplating suicide now the the age is getting younger and younger and outreach typically is in um high schools so I realized that there was middle schools and elementary schools in town that I wanted to help out. So that's something that we're actually gearing up for in September, which is the Suicide Prevention Tattoo Day, where we're going to do the same thing. We're going to raise all the money that we can, and the money is specifically going to go to outreach for these schools to teach even children that it's okay that you feel this way. Here's a number if you need to call anybody. And actually, I want to get single-handedly involved with that and go with the outreach uh, people of this department and physically go into the schools with them. So that's, that'll be really cool. So I guess that touches on like how personally I figure out what's in need. I just, I just listen there and there's, there's always obvious choices. You know what I mean? There's always a homeless shelter in your town. They always need something. You call your homeless shelter right now. I don't care where you are in America. You call your homeless shelter right now and say, is there anything you need? And they're going to say, yes, always. We need toothbrushes. We need blankets. We need money. We need soup. We need butter or whatever it may be. Uh, you can always, uh, help that that's just something that's always there in everybody's town. That's something that's pretty easy to, uh, get, get behind and help out. Um, pretty much answer your question. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't want to interrupt you cause he, that was amazing, but yeah, we are going back to what you were saying in regards to, uh, how, you know, I hate to reference it, but everyone has seen the craft. It's like, we are the weirdos, mister. Like we are the outsiders and I will never forget my wife and I, when we were, when we first started the business, we applied for a small business grant or participated in a small business grant contest. And I will never forget it because my wife told me two days before we were going to have the meeting that uh, instead of her doing the meeting, because my wife is amazing at that, like that is her strength, uh, that it was me. <laughs> so uh, my my wife and I are night and day different. Uh, we look very different from one another. And I'm usually the odd man out in the scenario that you're describing. And I'll never forget that when I went up, you were able, you were allotted five minutes. And in that five minute time period, you had to express why you were a good candidate, what you were going to use the funds for and so on and so forth. And, and our strongest thing was we were trying to spread the safe piercing message and 
really hammered down on that. Uh, our interview was 15 minutes long because they stopped me and they said, you are a non-traditional business and we did not expect this from you. Can you please explain it more? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. So it's usually once you like break that barrier, you can talk to a lot of different people because they're actually, unfortunately, we do carry a stigma and a lot of people don't realize that we are typically very well spoken and very well thought out and we're here to help and fulfill a role in in the community. And it's it's really refreshing uh, to hear that like you have smashed that barrier and gotten through it so that they recognize that you are an active member of this community and you're like here to help and you help out on a whole bunch of different things. And I think that's really, really great. For sure. And for sure. And I mean, obviously uh, you, you, if anybody out there is thinking about doing these kind of things, you got to roll in confident. You got to roll into your game plan. You have to have your ducks in a row um, to be taken seriously. <clears throat> it's uh, it's already one thing asking people for a lot of money, especially when you're talking to the general public about raising funds and stuff like that. It's a lot different when it's us. It just looks different, man, because of the stigma. Hey, we're trying to raise ten thousand dollars. Well, what are we going to do with that ten thousand dollars? You know, is that is that stripper money or what? You know, and um, you have to start small and and prove prove yourself. And that isn't just with anybody. I mean, anybody is going to have to prove themselves as far as community outreach and and to have facilities trust you. Um, I ask a lot of of the people that I go to. I really do. And um, at first. Years and years and years ago, it was met with a little bit of like, uh, I'm not really sure. This dready dude's looking pretty crazy. I'm not really sure I want to get involved with him. But now, um, I don't. I don't even seek out people anymore. They come to me now, um, and it's it's great. It's kind of weird, but it's kind of refreshing to hear like how you go about figuring out what you can help with. And I really do applaud your like non traditional idea of doing a like a fundraiser day where it's a small number of people uh, within your shop. And I, I mean, small because we're like under 10 that go ahead and give up their day's uh, pay so that they can go ahead and do all these tattoos and raise all this money. And like I said before, it's like a mechanical thing where it's like they do it. And they know how to tattoo and they just do it for the day, but they're doing it because it's leaving such a huge emotional impact when the time comes. And I feel like a lot of people, I know that it's weird, but once you have like a taste of helping people, you're like, this is great. Like I should be doing this more often because I was just going to say that literally, I know it's so weird and I don't want it to come off as being like kind of creepy, but once you help somebody and it makes you feel good. And I'm not talking about one of my biggest in here. I put on like my Will Von Dad, like grumpy hat. I hate people to do things to post it on social media because I feel like it's it's negating the uh, reason why you're doing something because you're doing it for Insta likes as opposed to doing it out of genuine wanting to help a human being. That's that's like a, a thing that makes me grump. But like when you genuinely help someone and you you do it just because it's the right thing to do. I think it just kind of makes you feel pretty good because you know that maybe that person is going to help another person and you can set off as you put like, so like beautifully uh, set off a ripple of kindness that kind of goes throughout the day. Right. And it's kind of, uh, those are, those are real tricky waters to navigate because as a business, you do have to push those things. And I know what you mean. I, I you know, as far as the guys running around and taking pictures of absolutely everything. Oh, I'm speaking, I'm speaking everything. purely of individual. Yeah. Obviously yeah, yeah. as a business, like, Helping the community also puts you in better standing with the community and getting the word out. That's that is business one hundred and one. Um, For sure, I'm I'm just speaking of 
like I said, grumpy wolf on dad hat, like just individuals that do that. Like, yeah. Okay. I just yeah. wanted to make sure we clarify. Oh, no, 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 no. That, yeah. They know. No, no. Um, I, you definitely want to post about it. You definitely want to push it if you're doing it on behalf of the business because it's just going to better your reputation and, and make it easier to impact even more lives the next time that you go and um, do something. And there's staples in every community. We mentioned the, uh, the homeless shelter. Another one is that there's always uh, relief centers. <clears throat> now, whatever you're passionate about, um there's relief centers for it you know what i mean whatever it may be um i know that one of the people that we work with in town it's called opening doors and this is a center for abused women they have different types of facilities they have emergency facilities where a woman can literally call a number bail out get a taxi ride and and get away from the the abuses just sustaining these facilities will let them bring their children then they have more long-term facilities where they help these women get back on their feet, show them better ways of living, how to, you know what I mean? Do all the things that they need to do to make sure that they can move forward in their life and heal themselves. This is something that's in every town. It's not going to be called opening doors, but it's going to be called something. So um, there's, there's just another thing that uh, anybody who's listening can seek after, you know, and when it comes to these kind of places, again, they're not always state funded. So any money that you bring them, any support that you bring them, if you just do a, a social media drive and you just want to bring in brand new blankets and you explain what it's for, you are going to be shocked that in a week you're going to have anywhere between 10 to 100 blankets delivered to your studio. And uh, it may not seem like much, but you are literally keeping a woman who was scared to death warm that night. You know what I mean? It may not seem like a big deal, but it really is. And there's so many different ways that you can do about, you know, do these things. If it's animals, you've got humane society, so on and so forth. Um, there's just um, back to uh, what we were saying earlier. A lot of people tend to make excuses. There really, there really isn't an excuse. If if you want to be a good human being, the uh, every single town has means to do so, and it's very, very easy to figure that out. You can do smaller things like you're speaking of, like, and and I'm just using smaller as in a smaller amount of time and energy to do them, like making a social media post that you are a pit stop to collect, you know, toys for tots or blankets or things of that nature. A good friend of mine who opened up a tattoo studio in Albany, New York, his name is Dan, uh, their studio is Resolute Tattoo. And what they do is they actually bought an old gumball machine. And put in a whole bunch of uh, flash from like various people. And every month uh, you can buy a, I think it's, I think it's like a 50 or a hundred dollar coin from them. And they put it in the machine and they designate someone to uh, go ahead and like receive those funds at the end of the month. So it's a, it's a constant thing that they're doing, but you know, you can get a $400 tattoo for a hundred bucks, but you know, you only get like two coins to use and, and things like that. So you can have these, really interesting different ways to approach uh fundraising or different ways to impact the community yeah absolutely and uh, there's there's all sorts of different things that you can do it's just you will find what works for you and by this will bring us into our next uh little bit is by doing these things and letting your community know via like social media posts and things like that um and just by going out and being and doing those things you will build trust and That's a big thing that a lot of people don't realize. As a kid, I hated it. Going back to like my dad, like he always knew someone or someone always knew him. Like no matter where we went, like it was always like, oh, dad's going to talk to this guy for the next 20 minutes. And as a kid, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. It like bored me to tears. Like we went to Disney and we're like 10 states away and he ran into like three guys. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, dad. Like, so, so like I get it, but 
like as an adult, like I understand that because you eventually like build trust and it can possibly become like a pillar in the community that people know that like, oh, here comes like, for example, like Woodstock. Did you hear that they're helping with like such and such a charity or he's doing his tattoo removal or things like that? So it actually... It, it's like a like a double edged type thing. Like you know, you are doing something to help people, but at the same time, it it builds trust and raises your standing within the community. So it's kind of like a pretty great side effect, um, and it's one that you should feel proud about. Because I know that a lot of people get shy when they're brought up, or someone like meets them out in public, or says like, "Oh, are you so and so from such and such a place?" But it's really one of those things that I think as soon as you start helping people out as best you can, and as soon as you start becoming active within the community and being recognized for doing so, it's kind of going to light a spark uh, that's going to eventually catch on fire and and show that like this is a very rewarding thing to do, and it really does not cost a lot whether it be time or financials. And it really has a huge impact on where you live. And let's be honest here, where you live is incredibly important because that's what pays your bills. Those are the people that shop at your business. So you're kind of taking care of one to take care of the other. It's uh, when you start doing it, it becomes a little bit more obvious. When I first started using my business to facilitate these, uh, these different events, I didn't realize that there was going to be such a large benefit on that side of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You do boost your clientele. You do boost your public image. And that's, it's super important. I mean, I know that a lot of us out there, uh, we know how we're viewed and we want to not necessarily be viewed like everybody else. We just want to be accepted. You know what I mean? And um, the reason we're viewed the way they are is just, we, we look the way we are. And there's always been an associative people always associated it with certain things, whether it be drugs, violence, uh, people that just outcast, just you're not normal human beings. And we're actually very beautiful and awesome, normal human beings. We just like, uh, you know, putting artwork all over our bodies and putting shiny things to our body parts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So with that being said, we want the general public to not view us the way that they naturally view us. And this uh, upside, this other, I guess, uh, pro to community service is the fact that you do literally genuinely change people's minds. Uh, the longer you do it, the more minds you change. And before you know it, you're you're not even being viewed the way that you are naturally normally used to being viewed. When I walk up into a banquet now and there's 200,000 or it's never that many, sorry. It's like 30,000 people in a banquet. Um, it's no longer like that feeling of, Oh my God, you know, now I'm being, Oh, Woodstock. Oh God. It's been so long since I've seen you. Give me a hug. How's things doing? What have you been up to? You know, uh, you know, it, it's, it's beautiful. You're, you're being embraced. Then you're no longer being looked at by your skin and your shiny bits. You are being looked at as the human that you are because you were proving to the community that you are that human. It's not just a show. You didn't just do it once and, and pieced out. Uh, it's, it's part of your everyday norm. You know what I mean? And earlier you said it gets kind of addictive and it is. Um, the autism event that we just did uh, a couple of months back was the first time that the entire shop donated. Uh, usually I can convince my guys to, you know, maybe donate 10% of their cut, but this is the first time that the entire staff, every single one of them donated a hundred percent of their money, uh, to the cause, even down to the, uh, even down to our, um, uh, counter staff, their hourly pay, you know, their employee wages, they decided to, they, they donated that as well. Like literally everybody gave up their money. It was the first time they did that. And everybody felt pretty good. I was super proud of everybody. They worked their asses off that day and it was amazing, but I tell you what got them 
was when the department came by with four autistic children and they brought us gifts and they wanted to show us some of the things that we were going to be doing. And I, there wasn't a dry eye in my studio. You know, we have a studio full of miscreants, you know, everybody's tough. And, There's barely uh, a dry eye over here. Like that is, <laughs> I'm like getting soft with my old age, but like, yeah, that, yeah, I wouldn't be able to hold it together at all for that. No, man. And uh, so now they, it's different. You literally get to to see the impact. And actually, I'm going to speak a little bit about that real quick. There's a lot of ways that you can put your money out there. Uh, let's just use, and actually, I won't use any of their names, but there's there's a lot of really big foundations, you know, nationally known foundations. And if you start doing your research, you're going to find that very limited amount of money that is being donated to those massive multi-million to multi-billion dollar uh, uh, foundations. Only a very limited amount of that money is actually going to where it's supposed to be going. So early on in my my philanthropy, I guess, I stopped utilizing the national acts and just concentrated on my barriers, just concentrated on my perimeter because then I can see the impact. And it actually helps out a lot. It helps out a lot. Like uh, going back to that, that event that John Wells does with the uh, Helping Hannah's Heart, uh, other than sponsoring stages and doing things that I do to help raise more money for him. One of the things that he has me do is, is cut a check to the family. He sponsors a, is an individual family every year as well. And um, he, I think it's like 25% of the, the proceeds will go directly to that family. And then the rest of the proceeds goes to the foundation. He has me fucking hand, excuse me, sorry. He hands no, me, you're fine. Uh, he has me hand a check to the family, man. And brother, I tell you, just tears in my eyes every year, every single year. But nowadays, I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I want to get back on stage because he puts you on stage in front of 100, 100 gruff dudes because it's a it's a hot rod motorcycle show. So you're you're in front of the most manly man and the you know the 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 hardest women that you'll ever meet, and then you're up there sobbing. It's just beautiful, man. It's absolutely beautiful to see the impact. So that's super important. Anybody that's listening, you know, when you start figuring out who you want to help or how you want to help, make sure that your money is going to where you want your money to go or your time is going where you want it to go because you don't want to feel that you're wasting it. You don't want to feel at the end of the day, well, I don't even know what I'm impacting or if I'm impacting anything. Um, so do your research, make sure that whatever you're you're getting involved with, you can actually see the return as far as knowing where your money is going or where your time's going. Yeah, that's a big thing. A lot of people don't realize, uh, as you stated with like the national acts, and I'm not I'm not going to badmouth anything either, but I, I understand. But honest to goodness, helping local usually helps the most because you have to look at like the trickle down, especially if you donate to like a state thing. State's a pretty big place. It's got to go to lots of places before it comes, like, you know, to like the town. And then the town, there's a lot of different like organizations. And I'm not saying one deserves it more than another. But the thing is, is that when you help one specific one, you know where it's going and you know how it's going to be used. And like, the the person themselves that takes that money you can usually see how how much it helps them and i i completely understand when you say like the massive difference it is from uh giving it to just like one person yeah it's a, it's it's it'll make you cry i mean if if you, if you have a soul it'll, it'll make you cry <laughs> yeah i i'm crying at everything now i'm not even going to hide it in like i can't, Bro, even, I get, can't like, even get through like a sonic the hedgehog a sonic the hedgehog cartoon without <laughs> shedding a tear oh, my goodness i'm not gonna lie there jo josephine my daughter has this one book and you, you know how nerdy i am star wars is my big thing and it's darth vader with like a toddler leia and i got i've okay. had the book for 10 months and it's darth vader looks around with his like cute adorable daughter i've made it to page three 
That's how far I can get into the book. And the first two pages, one is blank and the other one's the title. So uh, I have no no shame in that anymore. I'm just yo completely off topic. You know, you know, the Golden Books has a whole series of the uh, Star Wars stories, right? Oh, I got a bunch of them. I have a bunch Attaboy. of them. I'm, I'm so pumped. Yeah. If there's one thing that I love, and and I'm leaving this in, I don't care. The one thing that I love is reading stories to my daughter. Like it's my favorite Same. thing on this planet. So Same. my boy's eight now, and I'm we're we're moving into Harry Potter finally. But yeah, we went through the oh, Star, yeah? Star Wars. Yeah. Thing. If Tyler's listening, screw you, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. God, trust me, nuts. Uh, all right, so let me. I, I totally dig you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let me um go ahead and play devil's advocate for for a moment here. Um, yeah, do it up. I, I really feel like we've covered all the good things that like we're going to bring to the table, but I guarantee you that there's a few people listening that will probably a- automatically before we even get through the end of this podcast, will say like, oh, well, I have this going on or that's going on or so on and so forth. So I'm just going to bring up three small things and I just want to hear your response to them and I will jump in, but I'm, I'm pretty positive we're on the same level. So the biggest reason that I hear why you can't do these types of things is because of the time commitment. Okay. So make time. Yeah. Um, time is something we have plenty of, man. Plenty of. And uh, <laughs> okay, so, so I, I, I'm only going to say this because you asked. So I'm not going to go into this to be like, oh, look at me. I can fucking do a billion things in one day. But I literally can do a billion things in one day. If that means that I'm getting up at five in the morning to start my day, that's what I'm doing. Um, I have a huge commitment of being a father. I work out with my son every morning. Um, I do, you know, uh, everything that I have to do before I even get out of my house, as far as loving on my wife and taking care of some of the things that I got to take care of here. Once I get to work, man, it's on like Donkey Kong. I get there four hours early, four hours that I do all of my, anything, marketing, book work, uh, book, uh, sorry, bookkeeping, uh, web design on and on and on. I get that done before my shift even starts. And when I shift starts, I'm still a body piercer. I still a laser technician. I still do scarification. Um, I still handle and cool down any situation that comes in the shop, although it's very rare. I'm still a jewelry specialist and do sales. And this is through my entire day. And meanwhile, while I'm doing all of that, I'm still learning how to do art. I'm painting. Uh, I'm taking on new things. I'll be reading. Uh, I'll handle anything that I have for the future as far as events are concerned. This is my day to day. And I still get home, still spend more time with my son. I still, uh, even in the summertime, we, we, we get him ready for the, the, the next year. So every day we're, we're invested in book work. We do reading, uh, quality time with board games and, and TV. Again, time with the wife and cuddles and then all that fun stuff. And I still have time to take care of all this stuff. Um, there's time. It's just how are you utilizing it? Is it in the PS4 constantly? Is it on the phone constantly? You know what I mean? If you are spending 20 minutes a day scrolling, you have enough time to reach out to three people and have a conversation with them talking about how it is that you can get something done for them straight up. Yeah. Like there's always time. That's a, that's a huge thing too. And I'm, I'm not trying to be that guy, but like I've fallen into Netflix like loopholes and I'm just like, Holy shit, three hours are gone. Like where did it go? And that's like three hours I could spend doing something as we were talking before the episode. Uh, you have a Samsung, I have an iPhone. iPhones now tell you how much time you've spent on the phone during the day. So when you look at it and it's like, oh, you spent eight hours on the phone. Jesus, like eight hours. Like what the hell was I doing? So, you know, like trying to like constantly beat it down. So I think, I think it's really important that you can make time. You can get up an hour earlier. You can stop watching so much TV. You can watch TV another night, you know, just, just go ahead and take, set some time aside to do these things. And, and like, it can be easy. Like instead of looking at Facebook and Instagram, because that shit never changes, but you can just spend that time to look on your phone while you're eating a sandwich and find somewhere that you can maybe volunteer some time or connect Absolutely. with or make a meeting. <laughs> with. 
So it's it's yeah. really one of those things where it's just you need to you need to work on your time management. Uh, and I'm not saying there are some people that don't have time. I I get that there is legitimate things, but you don't have time because you have Netflix or you're playing like Red Dead Redemption are two totally different things. Right, right. And and you realize you have to be doing a lot to say that you have no time. Like I mean, high level shit. I mean, it, typically you really only need five to six hours of sleep a night. But even if you're getting your eight, you know, it's leaving you with an insane amount of time throughout the day. Um, and if you just hone in on your your routines and you hone in on what it is you're doing and just pick up, find those places that you don't have uh, or you do have extra time and you're wasting it, you're squandering it. And I'm going to say it that way, touching back to what we were saying earlier, our, our lives could be over at any given time. And it happens so fast. And if, if there's people out there who have not felt the bitter sting of loss yet, um, it's hard for you to understand that. But it it just goes one day. And you have to ask yourself if, if, if you are spending your time wisely. And shit, man, you can even multitask. You know, I, sometimes I like watching Netflix. I like watching stuff with my girl, but I'll have my sketch pad in my lap. I'll be doing something. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll have a fresh painting going on at work while I'm working. And I'll get up to do jewelry sales and I'll be up for an hour and I'll come down and I'll put some paint on the canvas for about 10 minutes. I'll get up and do something else. You know I mean? There's always, <laughs> there's always ways to, to squeeze it. And I understand that I'm a little neurotic. I know that uh, not everybody's like us, but it's just an example. Um, you there's, it, it, it's easy enough to find time. You just have to make some sacrifices and to be honest, you're worth it. You're worth getting off the, the, the apps that you're on. It's worth getting off of Netflix because that's doing absolutely nothing for you. None of that is, is changing you. None of that is making an impact. None of that is really helping you become a, a wonderful human being and, and live in a quality life. Now don't get me wrong. Movies are great and shows are great and, and they have an impact to a certain degree. But when you're, when you're squandering your time, you know, when you're, you're in your deathbed and you're looking back, does fucking Netflix matter? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely uh, no excuses, man. There's always time. That's the perfect way to put it. Don't get, like you're able to binge watch. I mean, let's be real. Stranger Things 3 is coming out. Watch yeah, that whole goddamn thing in like two days. <laughs> but I mean, I'll bank that time because I'll get all the other things that I need done before that time. But it, it is one of those things. And, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. And I know that you're not either. But like when it does come down to it, like things can change in a moment and you want to make sure that like you don't regret it. Like so. So the biggest thing that I always do is going back to dad stuff, because now we live multiple states away. If I have a random stray thought and it is like, yeah, maybe I should call my dad. And I was like, no, nah, I can call him tomorrow. I'll be like, oh, shit. You know what? He may not be here tomorrow. I'm going to call him now. What's the difference? There's there's really not. So when it when it comes to your time, I would strongly, strongly, strongly consider to kind of prioritize things for sure. Is this important? Is that important? And when you go through your list, I'm, I'm so bad with lists, but when you go through the whole list and you've completed the major things that are all done and said and over with, but then you still have some time left, go ahead. That's, that's when you can waste time, but, but don't put things off tomorrow that you could do today, especially when it could change somebody's life. Or if you've been on the grind, I mean, it, it's, it's totally, it's cool to take a break. You know, today I did a, I played city skylines. It's my, it's my little guilty pleasure. I like building uh, you know, neighborhoods and stuff. And uh, I just got back from a, an eight day class of painting. You know, and then I came back and I did art hard for a couple of days. Plus I was booked like crazy because I'd been gone for so long. And then uh, today I, I wanted, I was super motivated. I did my workout and I was like, yo, I'm going to do so much painting today. And I was like, you know what? I'm, kind of burnt out on that right this second i'm gonna just chill and turn off my brain for a little while but i guarantee back tomorrow i'll be back at it and it'll be all crazy so i'm not saying that 
you can't give up some time to that. But if it's if it's your day in and day out, then you know there, there's an issue. And at the end of the day, you're going to be like, you know, I wish I, I wish I didn't do that. You know, human beings and love; those are the two major things, man. Those are the two major things we're going to want the most. And when it comes to the end of it all, you know, human beings and love. Uh, and every day you have uh, an opportunity to impact somebody. Every day you have, and it could be just a smile, man. It could just be a smile. You know, somebody looks at you, they give you that little smile and you give them a smile back and it makes their day. It doesn't have to be anything creepy or anything weird. Um, somebody that's trying to reach out and talk to you, you know, you might be busy. You might be thinking of other shit. Don't dismiss it. That's a human being. It's a human being. They deserve your respect as long as they're being respectful, of course. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's important, man. Yeah. Actually, and believe it or not, you, you covered two, number two of the three. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw the last thing. Uh, which is pretty much the like assessing the impact that you do. A lot of people get discouraged or it seems to be discouraged because they'll go ahead and they'll do, they'll go ahead and they'll do like a fundraiser drive, but then lo and behold, they don't really get to see what happens or the community like doesn't recognize them as being a, a business that is helping. So it goes back to the very, very first thing I said in this conversation, which is um, if you do not love helping humans, you don't need to be doing it straight up if you're doing this for business recognition solely it ain't going to come across the right way it just isn't i've watched it before i've seen it before it has to come from the heart you have to mean it and you and if you do you're not going to get discouraged to begin with because fuck it who cares we've 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 gone this long in our lives not caring what humans think about the way they we look why should we care about how they view our business you know what i mean if you know you're running a good business and you know you're treating everybody correctly and your clients uh love you and you have your priorities straight as far as a business is concerned. And then that's really all you need at the end of the day. So if you're looking for recognition, this is the wrong way to go about it. If you are actually trying to make an impact, then, then it's going to, it's going to be okay. It may not happen the first time. It may not happen the second or third or fourth or fifth time. You just got to keep plugging away. Eventually, um, eventually something's going to come out in the limelight. It just always does. Uh, but that shouldn't be the reason the that driving you're doing force. it. Yeah. It should not be the driving force. That's the big thing, too, is it takes time. It really yes. takes time to to become it like does. a. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it does take time. And, you know, it, it may be like you do a little thing here, a little thing there. But over time, it eventually will catch up with you. Yeah, it's like a snowball straight up. It's like the snowball effect. Oh, yeah. Little sure. things turn into big things. Absolutely. That's such a good um, way to put it. And I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, it's OK. Um, I mean, it. it Straight up, like, and you're going to see it. It also just depends on what you're doing again. And then once it comes to the events and once it comes into the bigger stuff, uh, this turns into a bigger thing. It turns into, you know, you need to know how to market. You need to know a lot of other skills and business skills to, to really maximize uh, what you're doing. And I'm getting better at it as, as I go, because I learn from every single one of my events. I learned from everything that I do. Um, and it used to be that, I would do something, let's say a food drive, for instance, and I'd get one box of food. Damn, man, I blasted this all over everywhere. What the hell happened? What do I got like 16 cans here? I'm going to go in there looking like a bubble. I'm going to go to the store and buy like 100 cans right now. So at least I feel like I did something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, But now if I do a food drive, I better fucking call a, a, a little mini semi or something like that. You know what I mean? The, the impact is, is much greater now, but it took time to gain the trust from everybody that that's where that food was going. They could see it. There was, there was, uh, just like anything, uh, it takes time to validate things and you can only prove things with your actions. And if you give up just because you did one thing and it didn't work out the way that you wanted to, that's just silly. 
Um, not every one of my brainstorms have been absolutely amazing. They don't, they don't make home runs, but they get me on a plate. All of them, all of them get me on the plate. You know what I mean? Uh, it gets me out there. And then every now and again, I, uh, I'll do something that's a straight up home run and, and it's a complete hit and newspapers are hunting us down and people want to take pictures and there's, it's just insanity. And, and it becomes almost bothersome, the type of attention that we're getting, because then it's cutting into my days of, of work and everything else that I got to do. I think that's a really good way of putting it. I think it ultimately boils down to if you genuinely want to help your community and it shows through your actions, the community will recognize it. And I believe at the end of the day, like that's a totally different form of getting paid, paying you in either karma or soul dollars or however you want to put it. it, It's definitely one of those things where um, it it makes me feel a little bit better when I know that I can like view certain parts of my community or meet up with people that I've talked to in the past and know that I've actually helped them and it's made an impact. And that's one of my favorite. Absolutely. When you're sitting at a restaurant and you got an entire family come up to you and your family and just tell you what they're thinking or or express uh, deep gratitude to you, you do nothing's going to make you more proud when your little son's sitting next to you and he hears that and he sees that and he's like, damn, like, uh, your, your dad's totally doing great things. And <clears throat> I know you said we kind of wrapped it up, but you can kind of edit this and throw it somewhere else. It made me think that, you know, we're going to inspire a lot of people today, hopefully, which is, I guess, kind of the goal here. I want people to know that you have to be smart about the way that you do this though. As a, if, if there's business owners listening, especially uh, first time business owners within your first couple of years of owning a business, um, giving away is great, but you can't give away the bank. You have to protect you first. You have to protect your crew and your staff. They are always number one. They have to be always number one. Now in my personal life, I know this is unorthodox. I put everybody in front of me. I'm a patient man. I've got big shoulders. I always know that I will get a return on anything that I do in due time. And I'm not, I'm just patient. I'm not worried about myself. I'm worried about everybody else. I have a tattoo on my right arm. This is every choice. And that literally means every single choice that I make in my business is there to protect my family and to protect, when I say my family, I actually mean everybody, my employees. Uh, there's 23 people that I affect directly with every single decision. Now, I may be super inspired and I want to go out there and I want to help out my community and I just want to start fucking cutting checks and getting crazy with it and having a great old time because it is amazing. And the more you do, the bigger the impact and everything like that is. But you can literally uh, donate yourself right out of a job. So be very, very mindful. There's tons of ways that you can do this that doesn't cost you money. Like you can budget yourself. Like, for instance, if you have gift cards at your shop or gift certificates, and you can say, you know what, I'm okay with shelling out $2,000 worth of these a year. So go ahead and cut a bunch of $25 ones, put them aside, hang on to them, you know, put them somewhere so that you know that you've got them. And every single time somebody walks in and says, hey, you know, um, my dad's dying of colon cancer. We're going to do a silent auction. Is there any way you can help him? And normally you would say no or send them away because you don't think you're making a big impact. You're wrong. Hand them for those $25 gift certificates. Give them a little goodie bag. Give them some mementos first year. All that information is going to be at somebody's event, which is great because they're going to see you and they might come see you in the future. But more importantly, you are literally helping a family, just one for now, raise something. And it didn't really even cost you that much. It wasn't even that big of a deal. You know, there's art giveaways. If you're an artist, uh, if you want to draw things and then, you know, send that to a silent auction so that people can raise money. Um, There's just tons of ways of doing it. You can sponsor all the major events in your town. And there's always low-level sponsorships, $25, $50, $100. Of course, if you want the big boys and get the marketing and all the wonderful things, it's usually $1,000 or more. But 
it is what it is. But there's just so many ways that you could do this uh, that doesn't give away the bank. Now, me personally, in my shop, I like to give myself a sixteen to eighteen thousand um, dollar allowance, or sorry, not a, a budget <clears throat> specifically for money that we're and that's physical money. I, I don't include gift cards or sweat equity or anything into that. Um, we probably give out anywhere between four to $8,000 of gift cards a year as well on top of all the other things that we do. But it's just something that my business can do. It's something that is sustainable. It's something that I know for sure with a business plan uh, isn't hurting uh, my bottom end at all. You know what I mean? I'm really glad that you brought that up because it is a way to to get yourself in trouble. But, but just like you said, when you give someone a $25 gift card, you really need to think about that because they're really not going to be able to like purchase anything on their own for that. There may be like a, an end or something that they can almost eat the whole cost of, but it's getting new people into the door, which is a smart business move because it's like 10 times more expensive to get a new client than it is to retain an old one. So when you have a new person to have a gift certificate and they come in and they're like, oh my goodness, look at this place. Those gift certificates also are, you know, dual fold because we are in a business and actually can bring returned business. And I know that it's a weird thing to say, but actually have a return on the investment that you made. Because bottom line, we are a business, but it, it is a nice way to think about it. Like you help someone else and then they go ahead and they help you in a way. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and it is a fine line. And like I said earlier, those are, you know, those are hard waters to navigate through, but um, you know, there, there does become a marketing side of all of this as well, as far as the benefit of doing these things on top of the feeling good on top of the community, there's, there's just great benefits to your business. And if you are again, a quality business and you're running your business uh, to the point that somebody walks in and they're just, they don't want to walk out or they don't want to go to anybody else's shop, then it's just, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's a good move. And I know that some people might get discouraged or might think of, Oh, what if they steal it? Or what if they, you know, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it sucks, but there's bad people in the, the world. There's nothing we can do about that. And it's just kind of one of those things that you have to deal with. Um, you take the, the, the bad with the good. But 90% of what you're going to do is going to impact people in a very, very positive way. And sometimes people will be shysty with your stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still bringing other people into your shop. I don't know if you want them there, but it'll bring people there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's anything else we could cover on that. I'm sure we'll have a ghost of the stairs moment as soon as like we stop recording. But I really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule, making time, as we already stated, to go ahead and talk to me, but also to talk to our listeners. I'll include notes in this week's show notes uh, in regards to where you can find Woodstock, where you can see his businesses and um, all the wonderful things, including um, if you want to send me like a few of the charities that you support, we can go ahead and throw them in there and possibly help them out a little bit. But yeah, before um, we, oh, go for oh, it. Oh, sorry. If, if you want, you can include, um, I'll give you a, an email link. Uh, it's like my quasi personal business email. Um, so that if any of the listeners have questions or if they have doubts or if they're scared of something, you know what I mean? Anything at all, I'll offer myself up for uh, advice as far as that's concerned. Oh, that's great. And I'll, I'll make sure that. Like I said, we include that in this week's show notes. But why don't you just go ahead and uh, let people know, once again, who you are, where they can find you, and uh, that other wonderful stuff. <laughs> don't come looking for me. You can't yeah, find exactly. me. Uh, it's uh, Robert Woodstock Bader. I'm at the Crow's Nest in uh, Dubuque, Iowa. You can find us on crow169.com. And then I also own Retrospect Tattoo Removal, and you can find that at uh, retrospect169.com as well. So once again, I thank you so much. Now go get some sleep so that you can wake up and work out with your kiddo and all those other wonderful things. But yeah, hopefully um, I'll be able to speak to you soon. And uh, 
yeah i think that's really about it it sounds great my man it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you we need to catch up more often my man yes we do thank you so much i'm really glad that woodstock took time out of his schedule to make this episode a reality i've been submitting this topic and a handful of others as classes for conference but haven't had them get picked up yet Hopefully they will in the future, but my impatience got the better of me for this one because I wanted to put the information out there for the greater good of our community. As stated, if you have questions about this or are looking for resources on how to get involved in your own area, please feel free to reach out to myself or Woodstock directly. Anything that we can do to have you help those around you is something we would love to help to do. I wanted to thank Woodstock on this episode for opening up. You can find links for him and his businesses in this week's show notes. Please take some time to follow him, or better yet, visit him at his businesses. As always, I want to thank all you wonderful folks for liking, listening, and subscribing to the podcast, especially all of you that have left reviews on iTunes and the Google Play Store. This is how the podcast continues to grow, and it's just plain amazing to see this episode after episode. If you want to help us out by doing more than just listening, consider joining our Patreon to join our ever-growing community of supporters. These donations in any size to our Patreon fuel my ever-constant and continued effort to provide higher-quality podcasts in both audio and content. What's even more amazing is a new tier reward we have. Sponsor Punk Medics has made us a special limited-edition line of Holy Butter with our awesome logo on them. Badur did this as a total surprise, and if I do say so myself, I am blown away with how amazing it is. So how do you get one of these? If you join our Patreon by July 31st for the month of August at the $10 tier or higher, you can get one of these tins sent with a personal thank you right to your doorstep. This is only for the first 20 people, and who knows if we'll ever do this again. So if you want to join this community and get this awesome reward, head over to patreon.com slash realtalk, a piercing podcast. I would also like to thank our ongoing sponsors of the podcast, their continued support of our podcast helps to ensure the quality and content episode after episode. Sponsor Punk Medics has been on the cutting edge for tattoo and piercing aftercare for the body modification industry using natural botanical ingredients. Not only are the products premium quality in every sense of the word, but they also strive to use sustainable ingredients and have a minimal carbon footprint. I've recently been using their Simple Cleanse products, not only to keep my lobes healthy, but because I've been washing my hands like crazy due to my newborn daughter. As a piercer, we all know the constant hand washing does a really difficult number on our skin and really dries them out. This soap uses aloe to soften the skin and is free of many ingredients that make other soaps so harsh. I can personally recommend this product to folks who are washing their hands so frequently, regardless of their profession or activity. To check out this amazing company and its line of organic piercing and tattoo products, visit punkmedics.com to order directly or use their handy store locator to find the nearest shop by you. Sponsor Jewelry This Way is a gold-only jewelry company that offers handmade jewelry made in good old Tennessee. The jewelry is made by piercers for piercers, paying attention to the detail that we all look for. But that isn't the best part about them. The best part is that when you peruse their stock on their website, jewelrythisway.com, you will only see their current stock levels of products. That means zero turnaround time. Just click, buy, and wait for your jewelry to show up in the next few days. For new customers and current customers, Joy This Way has decided to give our listeners 5% off the next or initial order with the discount code REALTALK. 
there hasn't been a better time to try this company out. Or if you're running low on a few products, this is a good time to pick some up. So visit jewelrythisway.com and use the discount code REALTALK for 5% off today. Our final sponsor for this week's episode is from our California family. Amory Body Arts is owned by the amazing team of Adam and Shelby Richens. They're committed to providing the safest, friendliest, and most professional piercing environment in Santa Cruz, California. Their staff is the only people I trust in Southern California to send clients and listeners to. For all your piercing and jewelry needs, make sure to visit our friends at Amory. Please give them a follow on social media and check out their ongoing awesomeness at Amory Body Arts. You can find more information about these companies under the Sponsors tab on our website, realtalkapiercingpodcast.com. To ask questions, suggest topics, or get more info about your host or today's guest, please visit us at realtalkpiercingpodcast.com. If you have a moment and enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest are their own and do not represent the official position of the Association of Professional Piercers or their places of employment. Music by Broke for Free.